Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, uh, we thank you for Jesus. And uh, Lord, it's because of him that we're here and his leadership that leads and guides us. Lord, be with me now as I share, and I pray that your hand would be on us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today is a little bit different of a day, uh, sharing some plans and some things that we're looking at today. I'm excited about it. I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit nervous about it, uh, if you can't tell that already. Uh, so I want to start with a passage of Scripture. This is 1 Corinthians 16, verse 8 through 9. The Bible says, in Paul's writing, he says, But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, because a wide door for effective ministry has opened for me. Yet many oppose me. Paul had a wide door for effective ministry in front of him. And it was worth going through that door. Now, First Baptist Church, you have a wide door of effective ministry in front of you. That door is, I mean, wide open. We live in a community that the vast majority of people that live here, while they may be religious, they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is great opportunity. There are not very many churches, not very large churches, in fact, in this region, in this area, that will share the gospel of Jesus Christ and invite people to give their life to Jesus. The, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, the Bible says. And we have a wide open door of effective ministry for us. Our mission is to reach Acadiana for Christ. Our mission is to win people to faith in Jesus. Our mission is not to provide a comfortable opportunity for Christians to express their religion. That is not the purpose of our church. The purpose of our church is to reach Acadiana for Christ. And so when we are looking at a plan, this is a plan not to make it more comfortable for you and me. Because frankly, for the most part, if it's just us here, we don't really do anything. But we are not planning for those that are here now. We are planning for those whom God's going to reach then. And so you've got to start right now. And when you look at that, and when you look through these plans, you look back at some of the things that God has already done. Let me brag on the Lord for a moment. In our worship services, over the last two years, we've grown by 23% in worship. We have grown by 10.5% from last year to this year. We are now seeing numbers that are beyond pre-COVID numbers in worship. We have a legacy service at 9.30. We have a modern service at 11 o'clock. The legacy service from last year until this year, this is since Promotion Sunday in August, has grown at 2.68%. The modern service has grown by 18.6%. Uh, our Sunday school over the last two years has grown by 22%. Adults, by department, adults, that's 14%. College ministry has grown by 133%, youth 32%, children 16%, and preschool 28%. We, the arrow is up in every area of our church. 
over the last two years, we have baptized over 100 people in each one of those years. That has not happened at First Baptist Lafayette since 1992 and 93, exactly 30 years ago, that we have had back-to-back years baptizing over 100. If you look at our school, First Baptist Christian School has an enrollment of 317. That is a record for the history of that school this year, currently, right now. If you look at our finances, our budget for 2023 is $4.8 million. Uh, each week people give and it accumulates over time. And we were over $4.8 million in giving at the end of October. That means that November and December, what do y'all call it? Lanyap, right? Now, don't hear me say we've already paid for the budget. That means I don't need to give anymore, all right? Don't, don't hear that. You keep being faithful, and you keep giving because everything above and beyond those requirements will be invested in, this, in, in the program that I'm about to present to you. But that's God's hand on that. You say, well, what are y'all doing with all that money? Well, we're using it for ministry expenses, but I will tell you that over the last year, you have given one over $1.3 million to missions. That's a big deal. At the end of this calendar year, we will have over $3 million in surplus that we can use towards this master plan. $3 million of surplus that's not earmarked for anything. It's not a rainy day fund. It's not an operational uh, you know, fund. It's not designated for anything. It's just there to be used as the Lord sees fit. That's just a few things. We can go on and on about what God is doing, but I'm going to brag on him a little bit because we know that without him, we can do nothing. We know that. And it's only by the hand of God that anybody has success in ministry. If somebody asks me, James, how do you grow a church? I'm going to say, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say James is going to grow his church. The Bible says, Jesus says, I'm going to grow my church. And so I'm going to build my church. So we see the Lord at work. Now, as we were discussing these plans, one thing we do not want to do, we do not want to put a ceiling on what God can do. We do not want to slow things down. We want to keep that train moving. Think of it this way. How many people are here today who were not here two years ago? And then think about it another way. How many people will there be in two years from now who aren't here today? We want to make sure that those folks have a place to worship. Those folks have a place to go to Sunday school. Those folks have a place to serve here at First Baptist Lafayette. So one of the questions that we asked, we put together a long-range planning team a couple of years ago. The very first question we asked was this. Okay, as we are preparing for growth, as we're preparing for God to move, uh, how do we want to do this? Is downtown worth investing in? That's a big question to ask. And so our team wanted to have an honest question and an honest answer. And they began to research different elements. They began to research the investment that the city and the community is putting in downtown. And we found that there are plans to invest in downtown. This is not a dying downtown like many southern cities have. Uh, They've got multiple transportation plans in place for university, wanting that to be the entrance into uh, the downtown region. And in order to get to downtown from university, guess what you have to drive by? Uh, you've got UL two blocks away, University of Louisiana Lafayette. I don't feel like they're moving anytime soon, do you? 
you've got us in a location here to where pretty much anywhere in this entire region, you can get here pretty quick on Sunday morning. We are a regional church. We are not a community church. We are regional. We have people driving in from New Iberia, from Delcom, from Erath, south of Abbeville. Got people coming north of Opelousas driving in, folks from Rain, folks from Cecilia and Henderson, all those places. People are coming in from all over. And if we were to relocate and move somewhere else, we would cut out a portion of those people from being able to get to where we're meeting. And so you've got this centrally located spot. You've got a vibrant area that's being developed. Uh, Now, you also, not to mention, have tens of millions of dollars already invested in downtown. And so the team said, you know what? We believe through prayer and our investigation, etc., that God is not finished with the downtown campus of First Baptist Lafayette. And so we're, we want to look at how we, how we fill that out. Now, granted, there's only a certain amount of space. There will be a ceiling. We are not going to get 10,000 people to come here to go to worship on a Sunday morning. There will be a ceiling, but we're not near that ceiling yet. And so once that was decided, then we said, okay, let's move to next. What do we need to fill that out? And so we began to look at the history of what God's been doing. We looked at the the current, the issues that we might have, and the pinch points we might have that would slow things down. And so as we were looking at that, uh, we identified kind of the, the throttle for what we can do. The main building on this space that we are not going to be replacing and really can't do a whole lot to capacity is the one that you're sitting in right now. The building you're in right now, our worship center, will sit 1,500. You say, oh, okay, that's great. Now, 1,500 out there. We know that because they told us that, and we had a concert last year, Jeremy Camp concert, and we had 1,432, and the bottom four or five rows were not used. If you add in the choir loft, to get a little bit more than that, uh, but 1,500. Now, practically speaking, you get about 80% of your max capacity, and it's considered full for practical reasons. So that gets us to 1,200. You say, well, man, that's 300 seats short. Well, think of it this way. How many pews do we have in this room? A bunch. If you're missing one seat in every pew, you're not going to get 1,500. And if you walk up and every pew in here has only one seat missing, how do you feel? Do you think it's full in here? Yes, it's packed in here. But we have room for 300 more people. And so 1,200 is the max capacity. So now we're basing on 1,200 in one hour, okay? So you've got to then have Sunday school space for those 1,200 people to go to Sunday school. And so the Sunday school space that we have, it needs to be 1,200 plus, plus the preschoolers who are not in here. Right now, the preschool is running about a, a 90 to 100. So you add that to the equation. So now you need Sunday school space for like 1,300 people. Currently, we have designated Sunday school space for a little over 900 people, which means that that will be a pinch point. Another pinch point issue that we have is our parking. How are you going to park all those people? If we have a worship service and Sunday school at the same time, we need to park about 2,000 people. And that requires a spot for every two to two and a half people. Now, if you have a spot for every two to two and a half, that means you need between 700 and 800 parking spots that you can park in. Now, if you've parked out there today, some of you parked in parking spots. Some of you parked into some that we own. Some of you parked in some that somebody else owns and they let us use. Some of you parked in street parking. And some of you parked in wherever you want to park parking. Because you're Baptist and you're not going to be told what to do. But we have under our control currently 
586 parking spots, well short of what we need. That's a pinch point because if people show up and they don't have a place to park, they're going to drive around for a little bit and then what are they going to do? They're going to leave. And so that's a pinch point. Our preschool, children, youth, and college departments are a pinch point. Currently, we are at capacity or close to capacity in every one of those departments. Let's start with preschool. In the preschool department, if you take our space in the first floor of the preschool building, and the way you figure this up is you do the square footage of each room, and then there's a rule of thumb, certain number of square feet per person in the room. And the younger you go, the more square footage you need. You say, well, I don't think that's the case. They're smaller. All right. If you go into a Sunday school classroom, you're going to sit down in a chair and you're going to stay there for most of the time. Put a three-year-old in your classroom and see what happens. They need a little bit more space. So when you divide that out in our preschool building, our total capacity is 113. But remember, 80% is practical capacity. That capacity is 90. In our preschool department, since Promotion Sunday, we have averaged 88. Not counting last week because it was wonky with Thanksgiving, but the four weeks before that, we have been over 90, and one of those weeks, we were over 100 in the preschool department. That tells us that we are beyond capacity in that space. In fact, we have moved two of the classes upstairs into the children's hallway to alleviate some of that pressure. But we're using every room, and they're pretty much maxed out right now in the preschool department. Children's department is very close. Upstairs, the children's space, our current capacity is 170. Practical is 136. Since Promotion Sunday, at 930 alone, we have averaged 112 in the children's department. If you add the growth, which is 12% year over year in the 930 Sunday school, if you add that, then we will reach capacity and beyond by Promotion Sunday, August of 2024. Here's what that means, church. You ready? If young family shows up and they want to put their three-year-old in a classroom and they look in that classroom and there are 15 three-year-olds hanging from the ceiling, they may put them in that week, but they're not coming back next week. If we don't have room for the preschoolers and the children, we don't have room for their parents or for anybody else. If we do not address this pinch point immediately, we will stop growing by August of 2024. Period. There, there's no... If we don't address it, we will stop growing August of 2024. So we've got to address that. The student ministry, they ran out of space a while ago. We've moved them across the street. College ministry is beyond their capacity. We're going to have to figure out what to do with them as well. But if you don't take care of your preschoolers and your children, my friend, you got a problem. And so we're seeing all of those things. Uh, there are a few other smaller, not smaller issues, but the worship center that you're sitting in right now. It, can you believe that this building is 20 years old? How many of you still refer to this as the new worship building? Let's see. Look at y'all. Look at you. This is a new worship building, right? The new worship center. It's 20 years old. There are tech technology systems all throughout. We've already updated the video system from standard def to high def. Uh, we, the, the sound system is getting towards the end of its life. I sound great right now. You think, well, there's no problem with that. We do so much work to keep that up. We have to retune it multiple times a year. Uh, we, when we have something that breaks, we don't contact the manufacturer. We contact eBay because that's the only place where that stuff can be found. 
And so it is at the end of its life. It needs to be updated. The lights are very similar. Uh, the, the look and feel is very similar. So we've got some tech upgrades. And I'm kind of loud, but some of you even want some sound even though I'm so loud. I get it. So that's going to have to be addressed. And then across the street on Block 2, which is known as where the school primarily is, uh, some of those buildings are over 100 years old. And, and they're costing us money to keep up, fixing roofs, fixing air conditioning units, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we need to address them. We can't just keep duct taping them and patching them together. So with all of that being said, we're going to share with you uh, the, the vision and the master plan they're going to put a PowerPoint up on the screen, and now is the time to do that, those of you hitting buttons. Is it there? There it is. And, uh, and what we're going to share with you is been unanimously recommended from the long-range planning team, which consists of nine lay people that you elected. Uh, it has been unanimously supported by the Budget and Finance Committee. They've done a deep dive on how we're going to finance it and what it's going to look like. And it's been unanimously supported by the deacon body. They've been presented this and had a time of question and answer uh, a few weeks ago. And so with all of that support, we're going to be bringing it to the church. Now, before I get into details, I'm going to say this now and I'm going to say it multiple other times. This master plan is merely a direction. This is the direction that we're going to be leading There are five phases in that master plan, and each phase is a step that we will take in that direction. We are asking the church to approve the master plan, which is the direction, but then we're going to ask you to approve each phase along the way. So next week, the motion is going to be to approve the master plan, the direction, and phase one and phase two. Anything else past that, phase 3, 4, 5, 7, 8, 10, 25, whatever, the phases after that, the church will approve each one of those phases when they come along. Because we're not going to ask you to approve something we don't have a really good clear picture on or or an idea of what it's going to cost. And phase 3 and beyond, we don't know. So phase 1, we're asking you to approve the direction and the first two steps, phase 1 and phase 2. Are you all ready? Have I talked enough so far? Quit talking and let's get into it. We want to we wanna see it. All right. Now, look, I got a clicker here that I don't ever use. And so something may go wonky. And if it does, blame it on me because there's only two buttons on here. And that may be hard for me. Okay. Uh, don't. I heard that from the choir. We will be giving an invitation later in the service and... Even in the choir, if you need to give your life to Christ and repent, we'll let you do that. We will wait. The buses will wait on you. You can. All right, let's see how this works. We're going to start uh, with phase one. Now, you've got five phases. Remember, I'm asking you to approve the direction. I'm going to give you all of that here, and then phase one and two are the first two steps, okay? So phase one, we're starting in the worship center. Uh, the audio system we've talked about, it must be updated, and it needs to be updated yesterday. Regardless of what we do on the rest of the master plan, we're going to have to address the audio system. It's due to complete replacement. But not only that, but there will be some updates in the worship center. Remember that we have this legacy service, but we also have a modern service at 11 o'clock. Another newsflash you may not know about, we have signed a contract with Channel 3, which is the ABC affiliate in Lafayette and beyond, to be on TV at 10 a.m. every Sunday morning in 2024. 
That means I've got about six weeks to uh, get ready for TV, right? But because of the fact that we have a legacy service and there is a look to the legacy service, uh, I dress differently in the legacy service than I do in the modern service. You may have seen me do that. I'll, uh, not today because I don't have time. we got a lot of stuff going on, so I'm trying to wear something that's a little bit of both. Uh, but typically I'll wear certain thing because there's a certain aesthetic in the legacy service to, to, to match it, and then there's a different aesthetic in the, the modern service. And so I go and I'll change clothes because I want to match that aesthetic. Uh, the same thing is true of the stage and what you're looking at. Uh, it needs to be flexible enough to where it fits in a legacy venue, but also to where it fits in a modern venue. When you're looking at the stage, one of the things that just blaringly hits you in the face is the color of this carpet on which I'm standing. Uh, there is no way that you can make this carpet look modern. Help me out. Guys, y'all are like, the men are like, man, it looks great to me. Ladies, can I get a witness, all right? How many of y'all got this in your house still? I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, y'all know how we got this carpet, don't you? From, from the story that I've heard is they were discussing what the color carpet was, and Brother Perry walked in and said, it's going to be Baptist red. And then he walked right out, and that's how the carpet got here. I don't know if that's true or not, but bottom line, this red is just, it's overwhelming. And so what I'm going to show you is an example of a direction. It is not exactly what we are doing. If there's a microphone that's not where you like the microphone, we'll deal with that later, okay? This is something that it could be, something it's similar to, but not necessarily what it's going to be. In fact, all of that is this, okay? So on this stage, you see a black top here. And some people say, well, why is it? Why do we have? Notice we have a black top right here. All we've done is taken the red carpet off, and it's concrete. It can get kind of loud. You can hear that. The reason we do that is, y'all may not see it, but there are cords all up and down here. There are cords all back in here. Y'all may not can even see it from where you are because it's blending into the black. So the top of the stage on this stage will be an acoustic treatment that's better for stages, but also will cover up some of the uh, clutter that's up that's necessary for a stage. And then you see the front. The front there has got a wooden front. Uh, that's an elegant look, a nice look, and it gives the ability uh, to be both legacy and modern. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but that's kind of the idea that we're thinking through in the worship center. The second thing that we're looking at in phase one. Uh, this is the first floor. Uh, currently, the green is where the preschool are. The red are, are adults in there at 8 o'clock and 11 o'clock. But then we also have uh, students and children in there at 9.30 because they're out of space everywhere else. And so in the, on the first floor, that will be primarily adults. The students are going to move all to the school buildings. And then the children are moving somewhere else I'll talk about in a minute. And then you've got the preschool there. And on the first floor... We're looking at main lobby finishes throughout the building. Uh, we're looking at a new mission center that we've not had for a while. And we're looking at upgrading and relocating some information desks and information centers. In the library, that is prime real estate. And so we want to look at how we can utilize that better, whether that's a pastor's reception, a guest services, a secondary coffee shop, etc. We'll be looking at that. There'll also be some office finishes. You say, well, why do you need to do anything in the office? Well, everything in there is 20 years old, okay? So it's, remember that. Everything's 20 years old. 
or older. And then in the preschool hallway, you see the yellow there, we're going to be theming those corridors and that entrance area. I'm going to talk more about that with the next slide, okay? This is currently what the second floor looks like. The blue is children, the red are where the adults are meeting. The blue is in the second floor of the children building, the red is the second floor of the fellowship hall building, and then because we're needing to make some space, it's going to look like this. We will be moving the adults out of the second story of the fellowship hall building. Because we got to have space. If we have to have space, and we have to have space that we can secure, we can lock and keep people from coming in and out. That's the only place on our building and campus that we can do that. Preschool is in green. We've already moved two classes up. We'll be moving four-year-olds and kindergartners upstairs. A secure space, bathrooms behind the locked doors, and then we'll leave some children there as well. We'll be theming and updating those children in preschool areas. Now, I'm going to show you some slides. These are themed areas that other churches have used. This is not necessarily what we are doing, but these are examples of what we are looking to do, okay? So before we head to uh, phase next, phase the second one, uh, let's talk about this. This increases capacity for next-gen ministries. It updates the feel of the campus, replaces the audio system, updates the feel of this room. The expected timeline is we will begin this as soon as the church votes on it next, uh, next Sunday. Immediately, we will put orders in for audio equipment and we will get it going. Uh, how are we going to pay for it? We're going to talk about that more in detail tonight, but phase one will be paid for out of cash on hand. Uh, we won't be taking debt for phase one. All cash on hand to do phase one. Now, phase two. This is where it gets fun. Y'all ready? Y'all ain't ready. I'm telling you right now. So phase two, we've got three areas that we're looking at, all in yellow. The one on the bottom right is the worship center. We're going to talk about that here in a moment. The one on the left is the college house and the parking that surrounds it. And the one at the top is a piece of property that we do not currently own. Let's talk about that property right now. This is an office building. Uh, it is owned by some of our church members. It is leased to a law firm uh, that is operating out of that building. Their lease is up at the end of 2024, and the owners are ready to sell this building, and they approached us. They want to sell it to us. And so the uh, property acquisition team has done all of their research and are recommending that we go ahead and purchase this building. It is 16,500 square feet of space, and it includes over 60 parking spots on concrete. Remember I said we need more parking. This is one way to get that. The idea on how we would utilize this space is we would go in and we would gut it because it's all small offices right now, and then we would rebuild it to house two major ministries. The first is our college ministry. They're in less than 3,000 square foot of an old house currently. They'll be moving to this location, uh, and they will now have 16,000 square foot. There'll be a large worship area there for 100 to 125 people. There'll be a living room type set up for them to be college hangout. And then the second major ministry that will go there is the First Baptist Christian School, Middle School, and High School. They are currently in 6,000 square feet of a building that was built over 100 years ago. They are tight where they are right now, and this will enable them and give them almost three times the space that they currently have to expand the middle school and high school. So what that does by moving the college out is it makes this space, this is going to hurt a little bit, I'm aware of that, 
It's going to make this space uh, obsolete to where we're not needing that anymore. The college has moved to that new building. And so we're looking at taking that house down and putting in a parking lot. This parking lot will give us 50 more spots than we have currently. And I know it's painful. I love that house, buddy. It's nice. In fact, maybe when we get to that point, one of you can buy that house and relocate it somewhere for us. We would love for you to do that. Uh, But at this juncture, our pinch point is not the square footage of an old house. The pinch point is not having enough parking. And I would have more people get saved because they were able to park and get here then people go to hell because they couldn't make it because we wanted to keep an old house around. And so the, the house will come down. Now, notice the tree is still there. I'd like to keep my job. <laughs> but there's parking there. All right, the third thing is in the worship center. This would finish out the remainder of our, uh, our tech upgrades. Now, again, this isn't exactly what it's going to be. This is a rendition that someone had for us. A couple of things that you see there. We have high-def projectors right now. This would make them larger. They'd be LED screens. You have kind of a green, bluish background that's right here behind the stage. That's an LED screen to where you can put all kind of images on there. And then you have a floating lyric banner. We want to maintain the columns. Those columns aren't exactly what it'll end up being. We want to maintain the columns. We want to maintain the baptistry, be able to see that. But one of the issues that we have... Many of you sitting here in the middle, when it comes time to singing, where are you looking? This way. And so we're trying to lower the amount of lawsuits for neck damage uh, from people looking to the side. So we'll have a floating banner that's got lyrics on it so you can look straight ahead to be able to see and to sing. So this is the worship venue. It's, uh, it's going to be lighting. It's going to be potentially carpet. It's going to be acoustical treatments. I know some of y'all love these sconces on the side, and y'all love the checkered board acoustical treatments there. Um, that very, those are very similar conversations to the stage right here, okay? So we'll be updating all that with interior designers. We'll be looking at at carpet. Uh, The pews are struggling to survive VBS. So regardless on what you want to do here, we're going to have to reupholster the pews, and we're looking to reupholster these pews that would match the colors of the rest uh, of, of that room. So if your pew is unavailable for a couple of weeks, sit somewhere else. You may like it. Anyway, uh, so that's, that is in the legacy setup. This is the modern setup. You can see the lyric banner that is, that is hanging from the top. Now, phase two is going to take some time for architectural drawings to be made. Uh, we cannot get in the, the new building until January of 25. So the idea is in 24, we do the architectural drawings. We will also have to do a capital campaign for this one. And so there'll be some type of campaign that takes place at the end of 2024. And then construction will be done in 2025. And the hope would be this phase would be wrapped up in 2025. So that's phase two. The other three phases will move a little bit quicker. They have to because we're almost out of time. So phase three, uh, you see in phase three, there's yellow spots, kind of what we're looking at. The first is Berry Street, which is the street between this building and the gym building. We are very close to acquiring that uh, currently, and we look to, to get the surface of that to where we can build on the surface. When we build on the surface, we're looking at a plaza that would connect this building to the gym building and a new next-gen building addition. Uh, when we move the children into the second floor, we're going to be moving the adults out. And we'll be putting them everywhere we can put them. Now, you must have dedicated space for preschoolers. You must have dedicated space for children. 
Everybody else, they need dedicated space, but they pretty much go anywhere. And adults will meet in a broom closet if they have to, if it means there's a good room for their kids. Some adults will do that. Uh, and so the adults are going to be kind of homeless, moving around to different places. And so this building that we build, it will be built for our youth department and our children's department to go into, and it will free up our current space for our adults. Now, again, this is not exactly what the building will look like. It's just to give us a visual. We will lose some parking here in phase three, but phase four is yet to come. And so you do see the building there. Here's a picture of the plaza in between the buildings across Berry Street. Covered portion as well there in that picture. So phase three. We don't know exactly when that's going to happen. We don't know how much that's going to cost. We're not asking you to vote on phase three. Vote one, one and two, and then the direction for the rest. Phase four. This addresses some of the parking issues and some of the school building issues we talked about. So it's going to be filling in. Uh, you can see on the top left there, we call that the stilt building. And it has a second level of classrooms. The first level is empty. And so in this phase, we'll be filling in the bottom of that with classrooms. That will expand our capacity in our elementary school. We'll be having a library in there and other things so the elementary school can be in that one building. We're going to be remodeling and updating uh, the chapel building there because it needs that. And then we'll be reconfiguring the parking. A couple of the old buildings come down, the high school the middle school building and the annex building. A new parking lot is there, and then a new playground is there. What this, in effect, does is it puts almost the entire school on one side of the parking lot and the entire church on the other side of the parking lot. There's not much shared space whatsoever, and it brings more parking closer to the building. Can I get a witness on that? Uh, so now we've got playground theming concepts, what we, what we may be able to do with that. All right, phase five. Now, way out here. This is a new gym building. Uh, this is a gym for the school and for the church. It's going to be located there where the yellow is next to that law office that we purchased. And uh, this would be a competition gym for the school. It also includes some uh, cafeteria space and some fellowship space there so that we can have all of the function of the school on that side of that parking lot. Uh, the church can still use that, still utilize that. It, it belongs to the church, but we're looking at that gym. Again, this is not what it is going to look like but it is what it could look like once it's in. There is a connector between the office building and that gym building, locker rooms, the whole shebang. And then here's a flyover of what it all looked like. Uh, maybe? That's what it looks like from the sky. How about that? So the, this is the, the master plan that's being presented. This is the direction that we're wanting to go. And again, we're going to ask you to approve that direction. And then we're going to ask you to approve step one and two, phase one and two. And we'll begin to execute uh, those things. This will increase our parking. This will increase our capacity for Sunday school. And it will increase the ability to do worship. Uh, it will position us really for the next 30 plus years of ministry. Now, one question that's asked is what about all those people that aren't going to drive all the way in? Uh, as we are doing these phases, there will be and can be opportunities for us to work with an existing church to do a revitalization project, maybe to do a mission church or a campus. We will pursue those opportunities as they arise because we realize not everybody's going to drive in from Abbeville or New Iberia or Opelousas. They're not all going to drive in, but we need a gospel witness there. We need strong churches there and missions there. So we may be doing that. 
So let me, uh, let me do this. All of this presupposes something happening all along the way. In the 11 o'clock service today, uh, a family is scheduled to be baptized, a husband and a wife. Uh, the Sheck Snyders are their name. I didn't say that right. Close enough. Did I say it right? Y'all don't even know these people. How do you know that's right? Some people say their last name's funny down here. Y'all didn't know that, did you? But they're getting baptized at 11 o'clock today. And uh, I was able to visit with them last week, and, and I asked them their story. Tell me, tell me about how you came to First Baptist. So here, here's their story. You ready? This last summer, a Catholic family, in, not members of our church, invited this family to our vacation Bible school. That's good when you can get the Catholics to invite people to the Baptist church. Amen? And so they brought their children. Their children had such a great time, they were literally running out of the car to get into the building during vacation Bible school. On Thursday that week, we give the gospel, gave an invitation. One of the children responded to that invitation, was counseled by one of the leaders, and then was put in our hopper to go visit. A few, few weeks later, a couple of our men from our church went to that home to give some information to them about the kid making the decision, and then also talk to the parents about where they were spiritually. They were so impressed by Vacation Bible School, how much their kids loved it. They were so impressed uh, that the kids made a spiritual decision and that people from the church came because they were concerned about the spiritual condition of their family. They were so impressed by that, they said, we're going to try church out. And so they came to church. She came first with her mom uh, because that's how we men do. We'll let the ladies go try it out before we jump in that water. Right, fellas? And so they, they came, and they came to church. They enjoyed it. Uh, then they realized there was Sunday school, and they went to Sunday school. And they said, Brother James, we love Sunday school way more than we love the worship service. I tried not to take offense at that. And then they started being in Sunday school. And they were coming to Sunday school for a while, for a while. And then I recognized, we got people on this roll coming to Sunday school. They haven't joined the church. I need to visit them. I set an appointment. I went to their home. We sat down. And even though they loved our church, they believed the Bible, they loved Jesus, both of them, neither of them had come to a place where they had repented and given their life to Jesus Christ. And they realized that they needed to do that. And so last Sunday in their home, around their dinner table, they both prayed to receive Christ while their kids were watching. <laughs> Amen. And so today they're scheduled to be baptized at 11 o'clock. Now, let me ask you, who led that couple to Christ? The Holy Spirit was working, but you know what? That Catholic family that invited them to VBS had a role in that. That VBS teacher that was working so hard with all them knuckle-headed kids and didn't know if he or she got across to them whatsoever. That worship team during vacation Bible school that made it so fun. The people that were doing the decorations that made it so inviting. Those that were making the snacks that helped them get through the day. Those leading the activities that made it so fun. All of those folks had a role to play. Two men that went and made the visit. I hadn't looked up to see who it was, but the two men that made the visit, they had a role to play. Uh, the worship team, when they came to church, the welcome team that welcomed them and showed them where they had to go, they had a role to play. That Sunday school teacher that week in and week out was preparing his Sunday school lesson and was teaching the Word of God week in and week out, he had a role to play. The class that loved on them and prayed for them and encouraged them and welcomed them, they had to, a role to play. All I did was show up at the end and get to reel the fish in. Amen? The only way that a master plan will work 
is if the people of God keep working. We cannot say, oh, building done, phase one done, we're good now. Phase two, we're, we're good now. No, it's that we are sold out to serving the Lord and reaching Acadiana for Christ. You do not build it and they will come. The Bible never says, bring them in, make disciples. What does it say? Go. The Bible doesn't say, uh, we want you to, to bring all the sheaves in. The Bible says, go forth, get them, and bring them in. There's work to be done. And so that is a prerequisite. Now here's what we can do at this point, two things. We've got a little bit of time. Number one, tonight at 5 o'clock, I'm going to go through this again in a little bit more detail. We're going to talk about timeline. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about how exactly we're going to do some of these things. You probably have a million questions. Tonight is the time, night to ask those questions, okay? I've told my deacons, if somebody asks you a question, you tell them, come tonight at 5 o'clock, all right? So come tonight at 5. You'll have a chance to ask your question this evening. And odds are somebody else is want to ask the same question. And we'll, we'll deal with that tonight. But the next thing I want to do is spend some time in prayer. Because this is not James's plan. It's not the long-range planning team's plan. We want this to be Jesus' plan. And we want this to be a plan that James, it's not James is going to do this. Yeah, go ahead and do that, Brother James. That's great. No, 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 no. This is a plan that we are all pulling in the same direction to accomplish. So here's what I ask us to do. I'm going to ask you to get into some prayer groups in this room, and I'm going to ask you to pray over this. And it may be two or three in your group. You may not feel comfortable praying. Just get in a group and let them pray. It's okay if you don't. But I want us to pray over this, and we have a few minutes to do that, okay? So I'm sure we'll have some praying music. But go ahead and group up around you and spend a few moments praying over this issue and praying for our church in the direction that we're going.